Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 89 of La Magicas. Uh, my name is Sam Rubio, the producer of the show. And as you're noticing right now, we're missing our voice of the show, our, the great Scott Monroe. Um, he got his first, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this information. He got his first uh, COVID shot today, so we wish him well, a speedy recovery, and hope to have you here soon, Scott. Uh, for today's episode, and as promised, uh, as I said on the last episode that we had, uh, we're going to talk about the women's team and the recent success that the team had. And what better guest to have than um, the great friend of the show, Sam Bannister. He's, he's back with us. I think he did the last episode of 2020 with us. So it's great to have him back again. Um, and what better time to have him than uh, after we win such an important trophy, Sam uh, welcome to La Magica. So, uh, we're happy to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. Uh, as you say, it's been a while. Uh, so, yeah, probably six months since I was last on. So, great to be back on and in such circumstances as well after the success. Yeah, looking forward to it. Before we start talking about the final itself, tell us about the team. For how long have you been covering the team? Just to give us a little bit of background. Right, so the team started in the summer of 2018. Um, and in the January following that, so just a few months later, uh, I managed to interview one of the players at the time, uh, Emma Lippmann. Uh, she actually played for Lazio last season, so <laughs> that's uh, gone a different way. But she played for Roma in that first season, and she was an English-born player. Um, so I interviewed her for my Jalarossi Yorkshire site and from that um, Roma's official website picked up some of that interview and uh, used that on their site and from that they asked me if I was interested in doing some more uh, coverage of the team they were looking for someone to to do something weekly or not weekly you know after every match um, so yeah I was definitely up for that and so I started probably about February 2019, so halfway through the first season and uh, been writing for them ever since. So basically you've been covering the team uh, for most of its existence. Yeah, yeah. So just the first few months was missing and uh, then I got involved about halfway through that first season. Uh, so yeah, pretty much all of it. Okay, Sam, so let's put it into context a little bit for the ones that haven't been following the team that much or are not very uh, up-to-date. In its first season in Serie A Femminile, Roma ended in fourth place, uh, the same position for the 2019-2020 season. And this season, they finished in the fifth position. Uh, just to put it a little bit into context, uh, Serie A Femminile consists of uh, 12 teams, the first two qualify to the UEFA Women's Champions League in the last two get relegated to Serie B. I guess my question to you, Sam, is making Champions League for a team like Roma is, is a realistic expectation. And if it's not, uh, you think it was a good idea to change in the focus uh, to cup play? I mean, it, it ended up working out at the end. Yeah, so I think uh, obviously after 
coming fourth in in the first two seasons, and let's not forget that the uh, second season didn't finish. So there were um, about five or six games left before COVID put a stop to the season. I actually think Roma could have finished a little bit higher. We could have maybe got third if that season had kept going because we were in good form at that moment. Wasn't to be obvious reasons, so uh, had to settle for where we were at the time. And then going into this season, we thought, yeah, okay, let's try and push on, try and finish higher than fourth. That can be the realistic target. But we always know that to get in the top two spaces, it's uh, you need to be pretty much perfect because Juventus will win pretty much every game. And then this season, Milan were really strong as well. Um, so it was always going to be a challenge. And we didn't really start the season in the best way. Um, very inconsistent. I think that was to be expected after not playing for, for half a year. Um, so, as I say, once we got to the, the turn of the year, it's got to about January. I think that's when the expectations started to shift over to the cup a little bit. Um, the form started to improve, and I think we used that as a springboard to realise that, okay, we're not going to get where we wanted to in the league. Um, so let's try and use the league to build momentum and focus on the cup because we've seen that we can do that. We've seen we can compete with other teams. So I think, yeah, as soon as we got to. 2021, we noticed the opportunity to to push on and try and go for something that we could use as a marker of our progress, and that was going to be trying to win the cup, which we did. One player that was added in the beginning of 2021 that you were referring to was uh, Elena Linares. Uh, what was yeah. her impact m mid season? What did she do to the team to improve it? And if, were there any other additions that were as impactful as hers? Uh, I can't speak highly enough of the impact that Linari made. Um, sometimes a team's just missing that one little element that's going to have a huge impact and transform the fortunes, and that's what Linari has done for us. Um, we knew when we were getting her that we were getting a player with great experience. She'd played for a lot of big clubs. She'd won trophies at other clubs. doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen at Roma. There's always uh, a risk that the move might not work out, but for Linari, it definitely did. Um, and she's been absolutely sensational. Uh, can't speak highly enough of the impact she's made. I think she's transformed the mentality. She's backed it up with her performances on the pitch. And when you see someone come in and make an impact like that, I think it inspires the others around you to to raise your game. And I think we've seen the other players at the back um, have all become stronger as a result of having Linari in the centre of defence as a leader there. Um, so I think when we talk about, you know, how the form improved since January, I think there were two key elements to that. Linari was one. And the second for me was the Supercopper game against Juventus. We eventually lost after extra time. But I think the fact that we pushed them and actually took them to extra time showed us that we could compete with anybody. That took us over the hump, right? Where the players say, we can actually do this, right? Yeah, exactly. So if we could do that against the strongest team in the country, then we could do that against anybody. And we've come up with some tough challenges in the league and the cup since then. And 
that definitely inspired us. We could draw on what we learned from that game and you could see how the players really took what they'd learned from it and put it into practice and showed now we can compete with anyone and we will take results from anyone now. The team show, showed just that and they learned from the rest and just on that Coppa Italia semi-finals against Juventus. Uh, we, win, we won the, f the first match. We lost the second one. A little bit scary towards the end when they scored two goals in, in injury time. But at the, at the end of the day, we were able to beat Juventus. So we learned a lot from that first elimination earlier in the year, right? Exactly, yeah. And it was uh, suitable that it was playing Juventus again for us to learn from what had happened a few months before. Um, that first leg of the semi-final was uh, possibly the best I've ever seen this team play in terms of how much they really fought for it, um, getting a really early goal and then looking like it was going to be a draw and then getting a late goal as well. That was the really, they really showed the attitude of never giving up, is which is what... Against they, a Juventus team that never loses anyways. Let's put it into perspective, right? Yeah, so domestically, Juventus had won every game for for two years, pretty much. So that shows how, how tough that was and uh, what an achievement it was to beat them. And then even in the second leg as well, obviously, they won that game. But we got the uh, two away goals that meant we went through. And uh, those away goals came quite late as well. So that was, again, never giving up. I think it was the maybe the 77th and 82nd minute, which really turned things around in our favour. And from that point, we were on course to get into the final. And uh, that was another great performance against a tough team, even though we obviously conceded those two goals in injury time. But... Yeah, definitely two great performances in those games, which have provided the platform that we needed to build from. Okay, so before we, we get into the actual final in the match against Milan, um, let's, uh, let's, let's summarize a few things. What's your best player of the season? I've got um, two candidates for this. So the first would be Linari. Um, obviously, she only came in January, but you just need to look at the results to see the impact that she made. And uh, I don't remember seeing her have a bad game yet. Um, so she would be the, uh, the standout choice. Alternatively, if we we're going to go for someone who's been here the whole season, uh, I would say Angelica Sophia at right back. I've been really impressed with her. Um, a very young player still, but she was part of the original group from 2018. She was the uh, first choice in her first season. And then uh, we brought in Kaya Erzen to provide more competition last year. And this year, Sophia's reclaimed her place. Um, and the maturity she's shown, the uh, confidence, defensively solid, creating things going forwards. So they're my two picks for, for the players of the season. Uh, I'd probably say Linari edges it because of the the standards that she's shown. But uh, if we're going for someone who's been here the whole season, I would say Sofia. I have questions about a few players. And I want to start with Ana Maria Serturini. She had a good final. What do you make of a player like her that has been with the team since its formation? Yeah, um, so she would have been the next name on the list that I would have mentioned there if we're going into... Uh, 
other candidates for that um, honour. Um, I think Sertorin is so reliable that we almost take it for granted sometimes that she's going to score, she's going to play well. Um, you look at her numbers, uh, she's got the most appearances for the club so far, the most goals for the club so far. And it's kind of a given that she will play well. She will create danger. Um, and, uh, yeah, we can always rely on her. And it's easy to forget as well, you know, the position she starts from. She is a winger. So to get the goals that she does, at the rate that she does, is really impressive. And to have had her from the start of this journey has been really important. Um, someone that we can always build around and is always going to give us an outlet in every game we play. Before I ask you of who you think the disappointment of the season is, um, I want to touch uh, with you on uh, Agnes Bonfantini. She didn't have the best of seasons this year. Do you agree? Do you agree with that? And what happened? Yeah, her? I do. What, yeah, there was there was also there were news that maybe she will be involved in a transfer to Juventus. Uh, what do you know of that and what do you make of Bonfantini's season? Because that's one of the players f that from the beginning I thought had were the most promising, right? Yeah. Um, so from the first season as well, she was one of the standout players, one of the first players that that really proved how important they were for the team. And then in her second season, she improved a lot, uh, building on that potential adding more goals to her game, becoming more dangerous in the final third. Um, then this season's not quite been what we'd expect from her. Um, it's hard to say why. Um, again, remember, she's she's still young. I think she's only 21, 22, something like that. Um, so again, it's going to take time for her to fulfil her potential. Um, it's also been hard with the competition for places as well because Lindsay Thomas has played on the right wing all season, whereas last season she kind of switched between the centre-forward role and the right wing, which meant that Bonfantini had more opportunities. This season, maybe Tomás being the first choice, which has uh, limited what Bonfantini can do. I did see more promising signs from her towards the end of the season. Uh, I thought when she came on in the cup final, she made an impact, um, which reminds us what her potential is. Um, I still think she's a player that we can build around. And, you know, every player goes through bad seasons. So hopefully this one's just a blip. And as you mentioned, uh, there has been that rumour that she could leave. Um, but the fact that Juventus might be interested in her shows what kind of player she is and how much we should uh, think about keeping her as well. Um, sometimes it's not possible. Um, But hopefully, uh, we can find some sort of solution for that. Um, I personally would keep her, but it depends on what the player wants as well. Sometimes we've got to consider those factors, um, whether that's on, from a, on a sporting perspective or you know personal perspective. Uh, so let's see what happens with that one. Uh, I'll be happy if she stays, but can understand if she wants to try something different. Going down the list of players, uh, before I ask you the question of the disappointment of the season, in your opinion, um, what do you make of Andresa Alves da Silva, the 28-year-old Brazilian? I, in my opinion, and as far as I've been able to, 
to, to watch. I think she is the voice of leadership, uh, and she adds that little extra something uh, for Roma, that moment of, of, of clearness, right? That long ball, that, that, that pause on the ball, and, and that she adds experience. Uh, what do you make of her? Uh, in my opinion, uh, I think in terms of pure technical ability, she's the best player this team's ever had in these three seasons. Um, I think her quality speaks for itself. Uh, and over the past uh, two seasons, we've worked out how to get the best out of her as well. So when she first came in 2019, uh, she started out playing on the wing. But then uh, Betty Bavagnoli soon realised that she was going to change things around a little bit, change to the 4-2-3-1 formation with Andressa in the uh, Trequartista role. And since then, she's really proven her class. Um, her quality is, uh, as I say, the best in the team, probably. She just has the ability to, to pick out a pocket of space and to make the most of it, create a chance, have a shot. She has the confidence and the technique to back it up. Uh, even standing over set pieces as well from free kicks. Uh, she's a, a danger from those and penalties. So, yeah, um, there's been times when she was out of the team this season due to you know coming back from Brazil or something when she'd been on international duty. Um, and when she didn't play, I think you noticed the, the clear difference between how the team performed. When she's in the team, Roma are a much better team and uh, we've actually uh, confirmed the contract extension for her for next season. So we've got another year of Andressa, which is so important for us building towards uh, next season. What do you make of Paloma Lazaro? Uh, 21 matches played, 20 starts, 8 goals and 3 assists uh, this season for Roma. Yeah, um, I think when she first came, Uh, I wasn't sure if we needed a new striker because Lindsay Thomas uh, had done really well for the most part in that position last season, the year before. So when she first came, I wasn't sure what, what role she was going to take. And then the way Lazaro started was uh, absolutely sensational. Uh, scored in the first two games and then quite a few after that as well. Um, I think if you look at most of her goals, they will have come in the first few months of the season. Uh, and she had all different types of goals that she was scoring as well, headers, volleys, one-on-one -on -one finishes. Um, so really impressed with her. And then these last few months, it's uh, kind of slowed down for her. Uh, not quite sure what the reason is. Maybe it's just a, a tiring season. She's not had as many opportunities. Um, still been starting games, um, but not been getting as many touches. Um but still comes up with the odd important goal. So if she can do what she did for the first few weeks of the season, across the whole season, then I think that will uh, give Roma a whole new um, dimension. But yeah, I just want to see a little bit more consistency from her. But when she's good, she's very good. What do you make of Capitano, Elisa Bartoli? Uh, I would put Bartoli in the same category as Serturini in terms of almost taking for granted how how good she is. Very consistent, very reliable. Um, and again, you know, for a left back, the amount of ground she covers is uh, very impressive. 
she doesn't let her position limit her. She will go all over the pitch and uh, she has, again, the technical quality and the mentality that inspires everyone. Uh, she's the captain for a reason and it's not just because she's a Romanista, it's because, well, that factor as well, but because what a professional she is. Um, and she has the right mentality that everyone else should have in the team. And most people do uh, take that inspiration from her. Um, so, yeah, again, we can always rely on her. And maybe for that reason, she sometimes goes under the radar in terms of, oh, yeah, Bartley's playing well. We kind of knew that was going to happen. Uh, I think we should appreciate a bit more. I think everyone everyone knows Bartley and everyone expects good things from her. 19 matches uh, played, and, uh, 19 starts. And she played all 90 minutes on all of them. So I think yeah, reliable uh, is think, the actual perfect name for her, right? Yeah, definition of reliable. And as you said, I think over the three seasons, every game that she has played has been a start. So yeah, as long as she's available, she will be the first name on the team sheet easily. Yeah, definitely one of the standouts and that, that, uh, the one that adds leadership as well. Uh, going very fast, going through other names that are worth mentioning. I thought Alison Suavi had a great final. Um, other names, um, uh, Andrine Hegerberg, very good player. Vanessa Bernauer, uh, she had the decisive penalty against Milan. She's a very good midfielder. Uh, Angelica Sofia is another one that you touched upon earlier. What do you make of Bernauer? Um, I think Benauer is probably the most consistent player this season. Um, she's the most experienced midfielder. And over the last couple of summers, we've brought in some more players in her position. So she maybe would have expected to be phased out of the team a little bit. Um, but injuries to, to Hegerberg and to Jada Gregi meant she had more opportunities than she expected, perhaps. And she really made the most of them. Um, experienced player, great professional. Um, she's probably never the best player on the pitch, but she's never the worst either. You always know you're going to get a seven out of ten performance from her. Always reliable. Um, and uh, certainly in the Coppa Italia journey as well, she was uh, important in that. She started all seven games in that, and there were only... Uh, two players who did that. The other was Tomá. And it was very fitting that Benawa got the winning penalty because, again, she's been here from the start, always been reliable, and uh, it's good to see players like that get the reward they deserve. Okay, I want to ask you about one more player, then I'll ask you, finally ask you what your disappointment player of the season is for you. What do you make of Manuela Giugliano? Um, very good player. Uh, we knew when we signed her in 2019 that she was a player of international pedigree, despite being so young. Um, she'd played, she had a lot of experience for someone of her age. Um, and it was about finding the right role for her in the team. Uh, earlier in her career, she used to score a lot of goals, but, but we've kind of transitioned her, and even when she was at Milan before that, and for the national team, into a slightly deeper midfield role. And that allows her to, to get on the ball more, to to express her range of passing and uh, I think that suits her uh, sometimes I wonder if there's potentially a better way that we could use her but as I say if, if you do get her on the ball 
from a, a low midfield position. Uh, quite an important part of our play is to to play the long passes uh, into the wings for the likes of Cetterini, Tomar, Bonfantini, Tironanta. And I think Giuliano's really good at picking those passes out. And yeah, bringing the intensity to the midfield. And uh, certainly in this uh, 4-2-3-1 formation that, that we've been using, when she's played as uh, part of a midfield two, then you've got the partnership where one can sit, one can go, and it doesn't have to be the same player every time. So if that was her and Banawa or you know her and Chicotti, for example, then either of them could could move and that gave her a bit more freedom. Sometimes want to see a little bit more consistency from her because we know how good she is. Uh, so can we see that every week? But again, in terms of quality, when she's good, very good player and uh, very lucky to have her. Um, one more question. One more question and then we go to the disappointment of the season. What do you make of the goalkeeper position? Pipitone, we got Baldi and Camilla Cesar, the Romanian, that had a very good final and, and even the penalty round at the end, uh, she came out clutch. What do you make of that goalkeeping position? Are we set? Do we need improvement? What do you make of it? Um, I think they're all three good goalkeepers. Uh, so Pipitone was the starting goalkeeper in the first season, very experienced player. And then over time, she's been phased out and uh, still part of the squad. Uh, she did play this season, uh, but not very much. Uh, but very important to have her around and pass on her experience, expertise. Um, yeah, whenever she's played, she's been comfortable. Very good player. Uh, and then 2019, so the second season, we brought in Chiazza, who uh, quickly established herself as the first choice. And then... For the uh, third season, we brought in uh, Raquel Baldi. And uh, it was kind of between Baldi and Chiazza to be the first choice this season. Um, Chiazza is the first choice now, but uh, Baldi had a decent run in the team because uh, Chiazza had to take some time out due to family reasons. So Baldi came in during that time and... Uh, I don't think she quite showed what she was capable of because uh, I remember watching her last season um, before she came to Roma and she looked like a good goalkeeper and uh, sometimes didn't quite show those levels, but I still think she's a good keeper. Um, and then, but as much as I say that, you definitely notice a, dis notice a difference when she has us in goal. And uh, I think the final showed what kind of player Chiazza is. Um, very good goalkeeper, good reflexes, um, good positional awareness. Um, you look at some of the saves she made in open play in the final uh, before we got to the penalties. Um, she was pushing them away, making sure they weren't going back into dangerous positions. It, she knew that if she couldn't catch a shot, she could put it somewhere where the opponents couldn't make much danger out of it. And then every now and then she did make a good catch. Um, I'd say as well, she's not the biggest goalkeeper in the world, but she makes her presence felt, which is a, a sign of how intelligent she is. She dominates the area, um, and that's impressive. And then, as we say in the penalty shootout, that really showed that was her chance to shine. And uh, as soon as she saved that first penalty, that's when we start getting excited. And then uh, to save another, and also for the, the last penalty that Milan missed, 
she was diving the right way before it hit the post. So if that was on target, she would have saved that as well. So that showed um, how good she was at reading the game, waiting for the right opportunity to to pick which way she was going, uh, doing her homework and working out which ways the players might go. Uh, I think she's uh, definitely proven why she's the first choice goalkeeper. So, Absolutely, the Romanian show why she's the starter, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, as long as those three three are happy to um, stay in the roles that they have, then I think it's a solid goalkeeping department. Um, the question is whether someone like Raquel Balde wants to to play as a starter elsewhere because I think she's capable of that. Um, I think Pipitone probably acknowledges that she's. She's definitely in a backup role now, so she should be happy there. Um, but if all all three are happy in those roles, then that's a, a solid foundation to build from for the for the outfield players afterwards. I agree. I agree. Um, there's not a lot of distance between their starter and, and the backup too, which is very very and ends up working out for the team. Okay, here we go. Now we talked to a through. We went through a long list of players. Um, so here it is. What's your disappointment of the season? Who do you think should have done better? Uh, I think um, one player we touched on earlier, uh, Bonfantini. Uh, again, I don't think she had the worst season ever. And she did show every now and then what she can do. But I think after scoring 11 goals, I think it was the season before, she would have wanted to score more this time. Um, and then her first year, as 21 well. matches, 19 stars, four goals in Serie A. I'm talking about those numbers 15 matches yeah, placed, yeah. 18 stars, seven goals the second year, and only, only one goal this last uh, season. Yeah, and then uh, she managed three goals in the copper as well. Um, right. so that was kind of where she uh showed what she's really capable of. She used that to, to check her chances, but. She would have wanted more in, in the league. Um, and as I say, the same goes for Tamar as well, fighting in that position. Those two players, Tamar's another one who scored more in the Copper than, than in Serie A. Um, both good players. I'd keep them both around, definitely. And I think next season, if they stay, they will score a lot more goals than they did this time. But yeah, I think I think they will know that they expect more goals from themselves and hopefully as long as they're wearing Roma colours again next year that they will achieve those uh, higher numbers. Signing of the season. I have a feeling I know who you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is uh, quite an easy decision. That would definitely be Linari um, because of the impact that she had. Um, and as well, similar to what I said about when we signed Lazaro, when I wasn't sure if we needed another striker, and then she proved why. Going into January, I didn't really think we needed a new centre-back because we had Swaby and Petanuzzo as the, the starting partnership. And I think as a unit defensively, the, there was the area for improvement, but I thought those two players were both doing really well. And when we found out that we were getting another centre-back, uh, it was hard to call which one of them was going to be dropped um, because they were both doing well. Uh, in the end, it was uh, Swaby who kept a place and uh, she really improved as a result of being next to Linari, which showed 
how much of a difference in quality she had. Um, and as I say, Petanuzzo was having a good season. So for someone to come in and have an upgrade on that um, shows how important Linari is and how talented she is. And I think um, in the games after she came, I think we won 11 out of 12 in the the next ones before we kind of tailed off towards the end of the season. But that immediate impact for the first couple of months that Linari had was uh, very positive. So, yeah, she's got to be the signing of the season. Okay, let's jump into the final match that uh, ended on the penalties. Uh, who are who were some of the standout players of Roma on that match? Because I can make the argument, I thought uh, Alison Suevis had a great match. Um, Angelica Sofia was having a good match. Bernauer, like we said, Bonfantini, even though she was, you know, maybe the disappointment of the season, had a good final, as you said earlier. Uh, what do you make of the final? How do you how do you watch it? Uh, it was a lot of emotions going on. That it was a very intense final, right? Uh, all the way to penalties and ended up working out for us. So it was a great moment to change the very crazy May thirtieth, right? Because May thirtieth is not a usually not a good day for Romanista for Romanista, right? We lost the final in nineteen eighty four. And the tragedy tragedy happened to Agostino Di Bartolome ten years later, you know. Uh, so it's, it was a nice it was a nice uh, way to change the, the, the history of May thirtieth a little bit, which is I'm happy about that, Sam, because you know want to tell you something. May thirtieth is my birthday, so that's oh, good. Wow. <laughs> you know, I was born the day that we lost the Champions League final. I was born on May thirtieth, nineteen eighty four. I think I was destined to suffer. I don't know. <laughs> Oh wow! Um, but yeah, as you say, it's definitely good to to balance it out a bit, and that we can we can now have a fond memory of that day. There's always going to be the disappointment of of the cup final, um, the European Cup final, and the tragedy of Di Bartolome. So normally that's uh, been a sad day for us. So now the fact that we're able to celebrate something, it's uh, it's a nicer moment, and. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that definitely glad that we were able to to make something better of that day. Um, if we look at the final itself, um, it was a very tense match. Uh, again, a tense day. Um, I think both teams were in a similar situation, both formed at the same time, both looking for the first trophy, um, and I think that maybe affected the, the flow of the match a bit because neither side wanted to lose. Obviously, any match you go into there is going to be the case, but there was so much at stake for this. Um, and then what followed on the pitch, it was a real physical battle. Uh, Two very good teams. Huh? Really Roma's a very good team. They're very technical. They're very good. I was very surprised. Yeah, definitely. Um, both have clear systems that they know how to play. So Milan set up in the the three five two, Roma with the four two three one, both very well drilled. Everyone knows the jobs, and uh, I think the fact that it was nil nil showed how tactically aware both teams were, um, how intense it was. Um, yeah, I think um, the overall flow of the game 
there wasn't too many there weren't too many chances for either team. And that was because, you know, it's so competitive because these are two good teams, both fighting for the same objective. And uh, fortunately, we come out on top in the end. But you think Roma play better work to get there than Milan? I think uh, I think it was a very even game. Uh, I think Milan probably started better, but I think over time we got our foot on the ball a bit more started to control possession, which is where we normally build from. Uh, and I think in extra time, I think we were the better team, definitely. Um, but overall, speaking about the, the 120 minutes, I think it was a very even game. Maybe Roma just edged it. Um, but I think it was right that penalties decided the game because there was nothing to separate the teams, not just because of the score, uh, genuinely in the, the way they played uh, very even game it's the first title for a professional Roma team since uh, I think it was a Supercopa in 2007 2008 just around there it's in a long time it's the first professional title in a long time what does this mean going forward for for this team uh, Sam because um Betty Babagnoli, I don't know if there there is a picture. Have you seen that picture of Betty Babagnoli and Tiago Pinto at the end of the match? Because Tiago Pinto was present and he was in the stadium for the for the women's final. Have you seen the picture with a the hug? Uh, they had a picture together, and then a few hours after that, uh, maybe the next day, Babagnoli was named head of women's football in all levels, from professional all the way to uh, Primavera outside. Uh, Roma brought him another coach, Alessandro. Spunia, that he comes from uh, from Empoli. He finished sixth with Empoli. Uh, Spunia has a pass with Juventus, and I'm going to ask you about him next. But um, let's talk about Babagnoli. What do you make of her three seasons as a head coach, and what do you, where do you see her in this new position? Because in my opinion, I don't know how you see it, I think she, she will be the Tiago Pinto of the women's side. It's like Tiago Pinto told her, listen... You take care of you take care of the women's side. I trust you, and let me deal, let me just deal with the men's side. She's the Tiago Pinto of the women's side. I don't know if you see it like that. I think that's a reasonable comparison to make. Um, obviously, we've got nothing to to compare it to because this is a brand new role that she's taken. Um, but I think it'll allow her to have an influence on all the, the decisions that the club make on the women's section. Um, as a coach, I've been very impressed with her over these past three seasons. I think she's cultivated the right mentality for the group. Um, I think there's a great team spirit. And that doesn't happen by chance. Um, you know, you can't you can't teach how to, to form team spirit, but it also doesn't happen you know, just on its own. That comes from having the right leader to to unite the players that, that she's working with. And I think Bavignoli was that leader. Um, and I think she will continue to be in this new role as well. I think she can help give those values to everyone at the club now. Um, the work she's done as a coach, I think, uh, very good. She's shown tactical intelligence, so switching the system when we needed to in the second season, getting the best out of certain players. Um, 
yeah, I've got a lot of respect for her. Um, personally, wouldn't have minded seeing her continue as the head coach. Um, I would have been happy to see her continue in that role. But if she's not going to be in that, and obviously the club wanted to to try with someone else, which will be Spunya, then it's only a good thing that we're keeping her around and that Bavagnoli will be having I, I, a greater influence. I even think Bavagnoli is the one that named Spunya. Hard, hard, I even think Babagnoli is the one who wanted Espuña to come in if she was going to take the new yeah. position, right? Yeah, yeah. So obviously one, one can assume role, she, she made that decision. That, yeah, yeah I, I think she will have been involved in that. Um, she obviously knows the work that Espuña's done with Empoli and his past before that in the youth ranks at Juventus. Um, obviously, we've played... Empoli and Serie A this season won one of those games and lost the other so she's seen how competitive he can make his teams. With a roster that is not as good as ours, you know Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, so they were one place behind us um, but traditionally they, they shouldn't have been there really, uh, I think they punched above their weight um, Pretty sure I might be wrong here, but I think that was their second season in Serie A after being promoted might be wrong might need to check that but, but uh, it's definitely not a team was. that was expected to finish as, as high as that right yeah definitely exactly um, so yeah Bavagnoli will have seen how they've played the work that Spunia's done and uh, identified him as the the person to carry on her good work All right, um, Sam, thanks so much. This has been great. But before we go, I want to ask you about the other uh, women's team that did very well, just on the same weekend as the, uh, as the professional side. The Primavera side won its second title in a row, beating Juventus. They're champions for two straight years. Uh, uh, the Primavera side of Roma it, uh, on the women's side is looking very good. What do you know of them? And if there are any players to watch out for, uh, I know my... My Alex Murillas, the guy that covers uh, the women's side on, for me on Planeta Roma, gave me a name, Gianna Tarantino. Uh, tell me a little bit of the women's uh, side of the Primavera and about if you know anything about Tarantino, what other players you think uh, are ready to make the step up to, to the first team? Yeah, um, so the Primavera team of the last few years have done a very, very good job. So won the the national title this season um, with a 100% record. Won the league last season with a 100% record. And even before that, so in the first season, um, from what I can remember, they got to the final as well and lost on a sudden death penalty shootout. So very, very close to to winning every season that there's been uh, a Roma Primavera women's team. Um, we've seen some of the players already uh, have stepped up and uh, played for the first team. So the likes of Emma Severini has already scored at senior level. Alessandra Massa came on in one of the group matches in the cup and scored very quickly. Uh, the likes of Alicia Corelli has had a lot of appearances off the bench for the first team. Um, Hedon Corrado is someone that um, was part of the first squad and had a lot of uh, senior appearances in the first season and uh, still helping out the Primavera now. 
very young player, uh, but has already been showing maturity. So there's a lot of players, uh, a lot of talent in this group. And uh, I think uh, it's no coincidence that some of these have already been integrated into the first team. Uh, they're there on merit and uh, they deserve to be playing. And uh, what an achievement to, to go unbeaten for two seasons in a row, winning every game possible. Um, in high pressure games as well. So when it comes down to to essentially a cup final to determine who's going to win the league, um, always coming out on top in that um, over these last two seasons. Uh, great work and uh, very impressed with the players that have come into the first team. And also like to, to compliment the coach, Fabio Melillo. Um, it was in a very good job and um, hopefully continues to, to nurture these talents because uh, we've seen a lot of young players play for the Roma first team so far, whether that's players who have come from the academy setup or young players that were just signed when they were young. Um, either way, they've all shown that they can contribute. It's important to have experienced players as well. We have those reference points for them. So as long as uh, there's the opportunities for them to come through, uh, hopefully that will continue and they will continue to strengthen the first team. But for now, they've got to focus on the job they're doing with the Primavera and uh, they can't be doing much better than that. Yeah, they're doing phenomenal. So things are looking up on the on the Primavera side. Uh, Sam, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, this was due for a while uh, covering the women's side on this podcast. We haven't done it uh very much so what better way to do it or better first episode to really jump into it than you so thank you so much sam i appreciate you taking the time thanks sam yeah i uh, really enjoyed it always happy to speak about the team um so yeah thanks a lot for that uh really appreciate the opportunity how how can we find you on on twitter and tell us about your site yellow rossi yorkshire Okay, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at SamBano1. That's S-A-M-B-A-N-N, letter O, number one. Um, and my website is jalarossiyorkshire.com, covering all news, features, every now and then a quiz about Roma's men's team, women's team. Um, try to put quite a bit on there. Not, not the most... Uh, populated site but I, I think it's interesting in my reading, opinion is criminally underfollow I think your content is phenomenal so yallarossiyorkshire.com thank you very much and that's on, on Twitter as well as a separate account for that which is at Roma Yorkshire there we go there we go there you have it I hope to have you back sometime this summer to talk about the men's side of things as well because a lot of names are going back and forth and but that's the story for another for another episode. Sam, thank you for taking the time again. I appreciate you, and then we'll talk soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find us on La Magicas. We are on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, 
all the platforms for, for, for podcasting. We also have our site now. Uh, just, for our, just for our podcast for now is the easiest way to find us is lamagicas.com. The easiest way to find us. Uh, we miss you, Scott, today. We miss you, Imran. I hope you guys are doing well. Scott, we, help, uh, we hope for you a fast recovery. You'll be fine in about 12, 15 hours, hopefully. Sam, thanks again. Super awesome to have you. And we'll be speaking in only a few days. As always, uh, Forza Roma. Ciao.